today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Cash and Carry Kitchens. At the heart of Irish homes for over 40 years. Cashandcarrykitchens.ie Email todaycb at rte.ie now, the US Supreme Court has agreed to hear arguments over whether Donald Trump can claim absolute immunity for his role in the 6th of January 2021 riot at the US Capitol. The key impact of the decision is to delay Donald Trump's court case, possibly into the height of election season later this year. Now, meanwhile, the long-serving Republican Senate leader Mitch McConnell has announced he's going to stand back from his leadership role at the end of this year. Well, for more on all of this, I'm joined by Associate Professor at UCD's Clinton Institute Institute and Professor Emeritus at the University of Birmingham, Scott Lucas. Scott, good morning. Good morning to you. Thank you, thank you for joining us on this one. So, I mean, this is complicated, but just to, to boil it down for us, will you tell us ultimately what the impact of the Supreme Court decision will be? Well, we will await what the decision will be in terms of whether or not Trump has immunity uh, from prosecution over his attempts to overturn the 2020 election. I think from the standpoint of common sense and probably the legal position, uh, Trump's argument that he was carrying out his legitimate duties as president with the months of efforts to throw out that election, which culminated in the attack on the Capitol on January 6th, that's a stretch. But I think the point here is not, at least from the Trump team's uh, perspective, is not whether they win or lose this case. I think the point here is how long can they stall on the trial's beginning, and especially how long can they stall on any of them coming to the point to be convicted. They don't want that occur to occur before the election in November, and they would hope it doesn't occur before, if he wins the election, before he took the inaugural oath next January. But the fact that the Supreme Court has agreed to take the case, that tells us something about the conversations that are happening at this level about the merits of it. Well, it's partly on the merits of the case itself, Claire, but I also think it's the question of the, of the wider impact here, because there is a principle which is being tested really for the first time, I think, in these legal cases, and that is whether a president of the United States could do anything, uh, you know, not just throw out an election, but in an earlier court hearing on this, whether he could order the assassination of an opponent, for example, and claim absolute immunity. Mm-hmm. So I think the Supreme Court is hearing this case or is willing to hear this case not on, not only on the specifics about whether a Trump trial should proceed, but on the wider the wider issue of what happens if someone tries to claim this immunity in the future for an even more egregious act. One of those who sits on the Supreme Court is Clarence Thomas, and he's married to a woman who was actively involved in the in the January 6th riot. Will he have to recuse himself from this one? Well, so far, Clarence Thomas has refused to recuse himself, even though there's significant evidence that he's been compromised because he allegedly uh, took gifts uh, and both in kind and in, in, in terms of vacations and trips and mm-hmm. so on from big donors to the Republican Party. So Thomas so far has refused, I think, to, to say he should be held accountable for that in terms of where he sits on the court. So no, I don't think he's going to try to give way, even though, as you point out, his wife was very much connected uh, with the events that led up to January 6th. So a lot of this and how it plays out will be determined by the timing, won't it, Scott? Exactly. So let me just walk you through uh, the listeners briefly through this, Claire. We're going to get the first uh, uh, hearings before the court in April, but they won't issue a decision then. 
You know, they could issue a decision in May. It could be as late as July before they break up for the summer. But then we have a further uh, delay because the Trump team has 83 days after any Supreme Court ruling, if it says he's not immune from uh, prosecution. They have 83 days in terms of, of the discovery process. That's the evidence that's handed back and forth before the trial begins. So if the Supreme Court does not rule until July, if you count three months ahead, you're talking about a trial which potentially would be opening in October, only weeks before the election begins. Mm-hmm. But I think, the tr- I think the Trump team will then try another delaying tactic to take the trial beyond November and indeed into 2025. Okay, now I also want to ask you about Mitch McConnell's decision. He's the long-serving Republican leader in the Senate. He's going to step back from his his role. He's 82 um, and there were questions being asked about him. But again, the impact of that decision in this all-important year. Well, I I think part of the reason why McConnell's stepping down is for health reasons and and that has a sort of a personal significance. He's been the longest-serving majority stroke minority leader in the Senate in U.S. history. He's been there 17 years. But I think the wider significance of McConnell stepping down is uh, it's part of the implosion of the Republican Party. Uh, Mitch McConnell was a very effective operator against the Democrats. He was very effective during the Obama years. He was very effective when he chose not to obstruct legislation, but to work with the Biden administration to pass legislation. So he could you know, maneuver with the Democrats. Where he ultimately could not maneuver is with this new group of Trumpist and hard right Republicans, especially in the House. You know, and he's gotten to the point where those folks are uh, have thrown out the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, and now are holding aid to for their narrow political interest. And I think McConnell, even though he'll stay in the Senate uh, while stepping down as minority leader, I think he's just simply tired of the fight, not against the Democrats, but against those within his own party. Mm -hmm. And he has been a supporter of sending military aid to Ukraine, which has been a point of difference between him and many in his party. And that is likely to have an impact on that strategy too. Uh, You know, we are at the point where the Senate has passed the aid package, uh, not only for Ukraine, but there's aid for Israel and Taiwan, as well as border security money. And the House uh, Trumpist and the hard right who had demanded border measures turned around and said, no, we're not going to take any of this. So we're at a position where you've got uh, a group of Republicans in the House who are blackmailing the U.S. government in terms of whether it can function. And, of course, they are blackmailing the people of Ukraine by effectively saying, we don't really care what happens to you in the Russian invasion now. Uh, we're going to posture until we can try to get Donald Trump into the White House. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's a, a long lead in time in a very significant year before Mitch McConnell eventually steps down. Anything could happen in the coming months. So is it possible to say who the front runner might be to replace him at this point? I think what everybody's talking about right now is what they call one of the three Johns. Now, these are people who are very much in the establishment uh, chain of command. Uh, there's John Toon, who's the number two in the House, a man named John Barrasso of Wyoming, who's the number three, and the former number three, John Cornyn. Uh, the significance here would be John Barrasso is probably the most conservative, the, you know, the closest to being hard right, and one of the first senators to endorse Donald Trump this year. But beyond that, there's a question as to whether you get someone who is not part of the establishment Republicans now, but who is a Trumpist or one of the hard right. And I'm going to be keeping my eyes on a guy named Ted Cruz from Texas that you might have heard of to (laughs) see if he puts his head up. Interesting times ahead. Thank you very much, uh, Scott Lucas, for joining us once again on the programme.